You're listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, the unanticipated Caleb. <laughs> and uh, as you may notice, things are a little bit different, uh, different today. You're not hearing uh, my, my wonderful co-host Kitsy's voice because they're off on a, a wonderful, uh, I said wonderful twice, and you know what? I don't care. It's wonderful. They're off on a wonderful <laughs> camping trip, just getting, getting back to nature and enjoying some, some well-deserved time off. But uh, you have the pleasure, and I have the pleasure of being joined today by the fabulous Andrea. Ooh, fabulous. <laughs> Hi, hello. I don't I don't know how to start this podcast without Kitsy, but I think you, you nailed know, it. It's fun. Those, it's fun. Yeah. We're we're having a good time. We were just talking right before we, we hit record that uh, Andrea and I have never done a podcast with just the two of us. That's that's we, uh, right. We've uh, Andrea has joined us on this uh, show several times, so listeners will be familiar with your voice, uh, and of course, anyone who listens to our other uh, show, Set Condition One, will be familiar with our our world famous president. That's <laughs> the universe famous. I might I might say just spanning the galaxies, the Hell universe, yeah. all of the multiverse. Oh, uh, <laughs> your fame precedes you. Thank you. Uh, Andrew, welcome. Thank you for having me. I mean, I also, I've definitely never co-hosted this podcast with Kitsy when that's true. You it's, weren't here. It's only Certainly ever just not. been me. It's only <laughs> ever been you and Kitsy. So, although I hear you uh, strongly agree with my feelings on Fallout Boy. Yeah, it's it's cool that we have the same favorite band that we both love very much. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, Andrea, you uh, you picked this week's artist, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what we heard coming into the episode today? Hell yeah. So the song that you heard coming in was a little track called Dying to Know um, by Justin Courtney Pierre from his EP and Anthropologist on Mars. Um, and Justin Pierre is uh, maybe more familiar to folks as the lead singer from Motion City Soundtrack, I yeah, think probably. That's... That's where I would have known him from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fact, I wanted I, to ask you that. How familiar with Motion City were you? Are you? Have you been? Oh, I love Motion City. Cool, cool, cool. I, I don't think I ever actually knew uh, Justin Courtney Pierre's name. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was never like first name basis with, with the band. <laughs> uh, but I loved the band. Uh, was was a big fan. I loved, always loved his hair. Great and, hair. Great uh, hair. Yeah, great, great hair. And there was always just this like barely contained manic energy to their their songs and his songwriting in particular. Uh, and I remember, I think it was the video for uh, maybe your favorite accident uh, with the, the keyboard player doing like handstands and shit and like that kind of like early mid 2000s when like synth started making a comeback in emo rock. Uh, like it was, it, it, that was a, that was an era. That was a oh, thing. Yeah. Hell yeah. He's um, <laughs> like sort of famous for his, uh, synth antics i would say <laughs> yes um he does it's funny i saw them they were the last live music i saw before the world shut down um, really mm-hmm. yeah they uh had like i don't know some kind of 15 year i might be wrong about the whether or not it was an anniversary tour because there is one coming up that was canceled but um he does one synth handstand to show now <laughs> in <laughs> his older age he's Whew. yeah i don't 
I, I'm impressed that they can even do one. Right, right. Um, yeah, actually, right before we uh, we jumped on the call, I was I was doing a little bit of reading, um, and yeah, it turns out they had done a, a little bit of a uh, something of a reunion tour. They had done uh, one back in I think it was 2016, or maybe that was their farewell tour was back in 2016. Yeah, they, <laughs> they so. had a farewell, and then it didn't take them too long before yeah. they were back on tours. A couple of years, uh, so. I believe they called it the Don't Call It a Comeback Tour, which <laughs> so is a, a great throwback reference for mm-hmm. them. Um, but yeah, this uh, the, turns out there was, and we'll, we'll get into it later, there's a whole story around like that tour leading into this record and whatnot. Um, I would ask you why you picked this song in particular, but uh, it turns out it's mm-hmm. the first track on the record. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I figured we'd start at the beginning. There's only five, and then for a sixth song, there'll be a little uh, surprise, I guess, maybe. Mm. Bonus. End. Bonus, if it. you will. I mean, um, anyone that's that's peaked ahead might know already, but I won't peakers. tell. Peakers. <laughs> uh, so the, the first thing that jumps right out at me is, um, minus the synth, uh, like I didn't catch much of that in this EP. Maybe <laughs> I love that still band. Some, uh, minus the synth, yeah. I you know, saw them play <laughs> down the road here. <laughs> uh, minus the synth, the, the, it still has like very much that same Motion City soundtrack energy. And I think it's it's funny because a lot of uh, front men or women from bands will go off and do a, a solo career. And you know sometimes it's just completely different. They just do like, you know, maybe they were in a punk band and they go like acoustic folk or something like that you know, or vice versa. But every now and then you get one that's just like, fuck it, this is how I write. This is what <laughs> this I'm going to put out. And I love it. And, mm-hmm. you know, this, like, this is very on brand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think you said barely contained manic energy to the songwriting, mm-hmm. I think is how you describe Motion City, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's definitely still, still here. Yeah, I was trying to decide what I thought was different about the songwriting, other than obviously like the other members being missing and not writing their parts and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that this is just like same old, same old, because I don't think it's that either. Um, But it definitely is. If you're somebody who likes Motion City, I can't imagine that you wouldn't also really like this. Yeah. For fans of. It it has that familiar feeling that you can just kind of like slip right back into if you're a fan, which I was, I am. Um, But it still, it feels new and fresh. And Mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that. Um, if anything, I feel like the the manic energy is a little less contained, and that might be like I I haven't uh, looked enough to know if uh, Justin did all of the instruments on this or if he had a, a band with him, uh, but uh, you know, it could just be the influence of like not having other people putting their hands on the songwriting and it's just like full speed ahead. That's that's really interesting. Yeah, I wonder if that is. Now I have to look because I do know at the very least. Yeah. Um, all songs written by Justin, uh, Justin Pierre, vocal, guitar, keyboard, percussion. But then he had um, Tony, the drummer from Motion City, in for drums. And then he had um, Brian Diaz uh, for bass and vocals, who I know first and foremost as, like, uh, like he's the early 2000s pop punk slash emo roadie royalty. Like, he's, like, oh, nice. Fall Out Boy's roadie and Motion City's roadie, and he's done... Uh, tours with a bunch of people and he has his own band now called knives not knives knives which i think is really funny <laughs> that's um, great yeah they're 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 pretty great too so he did bring some people in but um okay. but it sounds like at least he wrote all of the music himself and then had them that makes play. sense yeah so it's interesting that you noticed that i think that's that's a fair assessment um 
Now, something that, that stood out to me as I was doing some some research on this, uh, am I mistaken? Was Motion City not a Jersey band? No, no, Motion City's not a Jersey okay. band. I broke my okay. <laughs> uh, my streak there. They're Midwest. Yeah. So I yeah I saw that that Justin was from Minneapolis, and I was like, wait a second, did he move there? Like, yeah. was this after Motion? Uh, okay. Well, I know I'm breaking my Jersey. I figure <laughs> as long as I'm from Jersey, so anything I bring to this is going to have a distinct Jersey uh, flair on it. I'm from Jersey, so anything I like is from Jersey. Well. <laughs> from Jersey spiritually, <laughs> and like they're definitely like this has more of the the like well, I should say Motion City soundtrack in particular had more of that Midwest emo feel like from from that era mm-hmm. uh, that like the Get Up Kids, the Anniversary, Kofax, yeah. um, like that kind of vibe that uh, you know, especially the synth heavy stuff. Uh, so it makes sense. I just, I didn't realize that. So I learned a thing today. I like that I <laughs> typecasted myself. Anything. <laughs> I just, I think it's funny because last week I picked a Jersey band because I wanted to prove to you that I could. And then like, so I yeah. just, I assumed, and that was, you know, bad yeah, you Caleb, did, wrong. <laughs> you did such a good job with that, that I figured I'd give you listeners between Gethard and then Element 101 last week. And I figured I'd give us a little break. I mean, we can absolutely... <laughs> We talk wanna, Jersey all day. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. That's fine. <laughs> I love that because I, I, I mean, I'm not from the Midwest, but obviously I spent a lot of time out here as a kid. I live here now, and I've you know always had a connection to the the area and to the the music of the the area, and so I appreciate that. So well done. Okay. See, yeah, I was thinking of you. Uh, <laughs> it's the Midwest thing is funny. I was just thinking. I was trying to remember, like my where how Motion City came into my life. Because they're probably, I know you and I, our favorite band is Fall Out Boy. And then they're <laughs> yes. like the next tier of favorite bands, Motion City is is right at the top for me. It's kind of like depending on who I've listened to most recently after that. Um, Fair is, enough. Is who my second favorite band is. So right now it's Motion City. But, I fa- but Motion City opened for somebody, and I want to say it was like, it was somebody like, all, it was. I think it was All American Rejects, which is funny because I'm not, I was never a huge fan of theirs, but I just happened to like go with a friend. I think um, I remember that tour. Yeah, and Motion City and somebody else somebody else that I like. I want to say it was like Ultimate Fake Book maybe was oh on that God, tour. I, it could I have love been Ultimate Fake Book so yeah, much. Yeah, I think that's who it was. <laughs> I I'm I could find out pretty easily, but um I was I'm such a brat about seeing bands. I don't know. I've gotten much better, but there are only a handful of bands I can think of where I found them and liked them right away by seeing them live the first time, and Motion City is one of them. Right on. I was like, like, I can remember, I mean, that was 20 years ago almost at this point, I think. It was like 2002 (laughs) or so. And I I remember, yeah, I know, right? (laughs) But I think it was 2002. And so, and I remember that set really well. Is it just, I never got to see them. Um, and if you know if they ever do get back together in the, the future, I'm going to try to, or at least if uh, if Justin ever does a tour on this stuff, I'd like to go see him because you know I, it bums me out when I think about how many bands I never did see for for one reason or another. Either they never came to where I lived, or uh, they did. Like we, we off topic, but we talked last week with the, the dudes from Element 101, and their last show was when they played in Syracuse with. Fucking Andrew WK. And I remember <laughs> that show happening, and I remember not being able to go and being Ugh. so angry. And then later finding out that it was Element's last show. I was like, mm! such a <laughs> so, bummer. Yeah. Well, how I have much good news that? 
for you, though, because Motion City is coming around at the beginning of next year. Like, I know they'll be, yeah. So I already have tickets for Jersey. Like, it's January, like, mid-January they're coming around. So I would bet that they're going to be down down your way, over your way, down and... I'm going to see if, oh, my God, are they playing at the pageant? Yeah, they're they not playing huge. They're playing, um, this won't mean anything to you, but they're playing Starlin Ballroom in Jersey, which is one of heh, one of my favorite and also least favorite venues. The space is wonderful, but it is a, coasting a little toward, a little too north for my liking in Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the schism is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I just see, for, so if we've, if we've got any uh, St. Louis listeners, uh, they are playing at the pageant on January 24th, which is one of the coolest venues in town. Uh, and a couple of, like some of the other bands that we've been talking about recently, when they're going back on tour, uh, will also be playing. Actually, Churches is playing the pageant, I oh, think, in cool. December. Uh, and I love that you know, that 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 venue is one of the ones that has held on and shows are going to still be there. Because that's a place that's where great. Ellen will actually go with me because they have seats. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> um, but uh, the, uh, the the record that, that we're talking about, uh, the, there are more songs. So we should we should move on to this. Uh, but you know, talking about the the, you know, the the reference of you know barely controlled manic energy, I feel like Motion City uh, soundtrack and specifically Justin's lyrics were one of the first times in my life that I ever heard someone like publicly. Uh, or, or at least like in music, and it, it was—it's always been there. But I feel like it's one of the first times that I noticed someone publicly talking about their mental health yes, in their yes. art, putting it right out there, not in, not necessarily in metaphor or not in hiding, not like oh, pained, tortured art. Like no, he just put it right <laughs> out there. Like I have these problems. I wrote music about it. <laughs> have fun, and like it, again, it was like it's super manic too, yeah. uh, and I feel like it, it brings a lot of that energy to uh, track two. I hate myself, and there's yeah. my segue. That was a <laughs> perfect segue. Well, I hate myself just a little.
Yeah, that I'm really kind of just kind of sitting with that for a second because you're absolutely right, and especially the like the like not dressing it up and hiding it under a bunch of layers. Like one of the things that I love so mm-hmm. much about Justin's lyrics are how you unique and specific they are like even yeah. when even when i'm not exactly sure what he's talking about necessarily because they are often so specific to whatever situation he's talking about right like mm-hmm. um there's still i don't I, I don't even know what the word is but yeah you're absolutely right i don't know well th- the lines are so like straight to the point mm-hmm. you know i hate myself just a little more than i hate you uh, oh wow wow okay uh, i like my life just a little bit more than i like yours and there's a dichotomy to that too like mm-hmm. you know i hate myself but at least i'm not you <laughs> uh, it also does some really really cool stuff uh, musically in this song there's a lot of dynamics to it you know really like kind of low-key palm mute uh, verses into these big choruses, Uh, but there's a little bit of twang to it, a little bit of that kind of Midwest alt uh, Mm -hmm. that I'm always here for. Uh, And I just, I think that that's, that's fun. And, you know, it's, it's the kind, it's that kind of stuff that makes this stand out a little bit more from being like, oh, this is another Motion City soundtrack record. No, like this, this does have some uniqueness to it. Yeah. I'm not, Obvious, I shouldn't say obviously. You people don't know me, but I'm not a musician on my own, so I'm I'm interested and excited to hear those kinds of things that stand out to you. Because I'm like, I can be like, oh, I like that part. It sounds cool and jangly or whatever, but I don't know what mm-hmm. makes it cool and jangly for me or um, or whatever. I tend to focus on you know the the vocals and the lyrics first, which again is another reason that. That Motion City and, and Justin in particular are so important to me. Like this, the lyrics in this one, especially, who else can get away with? Um, I'm looking, this is such a good one. Our cesarean scar, um, rhyming mm. with, I'm just dying to know who you are, is <laughs> like nobody else can get away with something like that. Electric guitar, cesarean scar, anthropologist on Mars are the three yes. main rhymes running through <laughs> running through this. So in the chorus, there's this big lead that's going, that's just like ringing out, resonating this note, while there is a little bit of a synth underneath that's doing a like they play off of each other so well. And it's almost like, it almost makes my brain vibrate a little bit, but in a good way. I feel that. It's fun to try to find the ways to describe how music makes me feel physically and not just emotionally, because every now and then it will have like a, a weird little physical effect. I mean, I'm like, what? yeah, I, that's so funny. Am I this hearing is, that? Is that real? Is that is that <laughs> my skull vibrating and my brain vibrating in my skull? It's funny that you say that because I always I always say there's a handful of songs that give me goosebumps in particular parts every time I hear them, no matter how many times I hear them, no matter what. And sometimes those songs, it makes sense because of the lyrics or whatever. But sometimes I'm like, there must be something physiological happening with like some frequency or something. Um, Mm -hmm. And there is a Motion City song that does that, but also the lyrics are heartbreaking at the same time. And I think that's probably part of it. Um, Which track? Hold Me Down. Mm, Okay. It's uh, Hold Me Down and it's on Commit This to Memory. It's uh, track 12. And it is just a heartbreaking, but really like kind of straightforward, plaintive, heartbreaking song. Right on. I want to put them together, all of the songs, and just 
sit with somebody who knows how music works and be like, what is happening in all of these? Um, Kitsy and I saw Brian Fallon um, earlier this week. And oh, yeah. Yeah, it was lovely and kind of odd and good. But um, his song, Rosemary, the first time he says the name Rosemary in that song, it's not even a particularly, like, I don't know what is happening. That's the song where it's not about the lyrics, but something in the music for me every time, uh, Goosebumps. Mm. Like, at, at the show, yeah. I turned to Kitsy and I was like, see, I fucking told you. Every time. Yeah, I love that. And I find that, like, Justin is is one of those people, like, there, there are a, a handful of artists who, like, they'll have certain lines that even, like, the, the lyrics don't necessarily just, like, reading them on paper don't necessarily have a an emotional resonance to me. Like, I appreciate them. I like the writing. But, like... If I try to sing along, I just like just like close up. Like I, <laughs> I start to like tear up. My throat catches, and I I can't. And it's it's weird. Like he he has a few lines like that. Um, I haven't gotten to know this record well enough to know if there's any moments like that on here. But I just know that his writing style does yeah. that to me. And it's it's partly the writing, it's partly the melody, and it's partly just the way it all. Like just works together. There's also something about the quality of his voice that, and it's another thing where I can't explain what it is about it, but his voice is so unique to me, and it's so mm-hmm. like, um, like a plaintive. If of yeah. like if that yeah is, but like, and it's I don't I can't think of anybody else who has a voice like his um, that that there's yeah. an earnestness to it mm-hmm. and. It, he has like he tends to sing in kind of a a little bit higher register register, and he he does the thing that like a lot of vocalists will try, and not all of them can pull off. <laughs> where he's constantly sweeping up to a note and down and then up again, and like it works really well. And I feel like I almost feel like if he didn't put so much of himself behind every note, mm-hmm. it would come across as kind of like nasally and maybe annoying. But because like his whole self is behind those notes, it just feels huge. Yeah, I think, yeah, you now, I think you nailed it because there are so many singers who try to do that. And as a pop punk idiot myself, I'm, I have no problem with a singer who skews more toward like a little nasal sometimes. Like that's not, that doesn't grind my gears in quite the same way it does other people, but he never falls into that. Yeah. They, I read an interview with him somewhere where he said something about their band. Their like biggest goal when they play live is to sound as much like the record as possible. Um, Ooh. Yeah, and they do. So every time I've seen them since then, the, the handful of times since then, because this was a few years back, um, I've listened for that. And to be able to do that over and over again, um, I think is yeah. really impressive. I think they're a band that maybe doesn't get, now that I'm thinking about it, the recognition they deserve, and I wonder if it's because they do get folded in with all of those bands that kind of came up in the same area at the same time. Yeah, that was definitely, I think, a a start of a time when it was hard to really like stand out mm-hmm. because there, like you know, there was just this explosion of music that didn't necessarily all sound the same, but had, there was a lot of overlap in genres and styles in uh, you know the the regions where these bands were coming from, and they were just all constantly touring and like all in, you know, like in your face at the, in the same time. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's it's a bummer. I, I do think that they uh, they deserved to get more credit and uh you know I don't, I don't know that i could walk in their footsteps Aha, there it is again <laughs> king of segways caleb coy <laughs> um 
Yeah, it's, I, 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 there's definitely something to be said for being able to like go and see a band that sounds exactly like they do on the record. I mean, it's the you know, the the complete opposite of like say Accounting Crows, who goes <laughs> for the you know the the total diff- other end of the spectrum where they want to sound as different as possible every time they want it to be like a new experience. Or specifically, Adam Duritz does because that's right. how he is. Um, <laughs> but every now and then, I see a band and they just they nail it so flawlessly, and it just it, it floors me. Yeah, uh, and that makes me all the more wish that I could could see this band and hope that I can see them when they they come back around. Yeah, you better. They're yeah they they put on such a good show, and not to say that like a good show that a band who doesn't or can't or you know whatever is for whatever reason it's just not the same experience whether they want it to be different or they're more concerned with making it perfect in the studio and can't do that live isn't to say that that's necessarily a bad thing I just think it's pretty remarkable um, that they are able to do that and as I'm listening uh, back to other songs on this record um, I'm thinking of Footsteps the 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 third track um, there is more of the synth than I remembered hearing on the, the first time through, but I think it's it's more subtle. Mm-hmm. And like, I kind of I appreciate that because you know in Motion City, like it was you know, fairly pretty much an equal player, if not like you know one of the more prominent things. Basically, the, the synth played the part of what a lead guitar often would, mm-hmm. uh, and then, oh, that was part of the style. Whereas in these songs, it's much more subtle and just kind of like fills out the the background. The verses on Footsteps are very they're almost like dark in tone mm-hmm. and they're very bass driven but there's that synth line kind of going along with it and just just this kind of subtle interplay between the two and then again the dynamics the choruses get huge yeah. uh and i've referenced this a couple times but it, it's been a while so i'm going to bring it back uh Aww. they do they, they do this move that uh i always think of uh parking lot by mineral but it's <laughs> There's like big dissonant one note lead mm-hmm. like a bend uh, and you know it's it's cool that like a band that that does that will probably have my attention if not my <laughs> uh my enjoyment yeah i think i don't maybe maybe now's the time to to what am so I know that now this is the time. <laughs> well, I'm trying to decide when I think it makes sense to talk about. So what I know about this EP is very little, but I do know that it was intended to be um, part of a, a full length um, album and that these were mm. the five songs that were finished before lockdown. And then um, Brett, uh, Brett Gerwitz from who's like uh, boss man at Epitaph convinced Justin to put it out as is. So we don't have, I don't know if these were intended to be the first five. I don't mm-hmm. know that it would make sense for them to have recorded, right? Like in necessarily in that order where it would just be you the usually, front. Yeah. You usually figure out the order once you have all the tracks, because then you see like, how do they flow? Yeah. And like, you know, or like you just throw them on the record and say, fuck it. But usually <laughs> you try a little bit. Right. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you what, like I, I have some, uh, some, some, Fun stuff to talk about mm. about the making of the, this record and the circumstances around it. So why don't we go ahead and uh, we'll hear footsteps, uh, and we'll uh, we'll hear a you know quick break from our, our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll uh, we'll hear some more from uh, from Justin Courtney Pierre. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the making of this EP. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm 
Action stations, action stations, set condition one throughout the podcast. I'm your host, an SC1 actual, Caleb. I'm your host, an XO, Kitsy. I'm your host, Andrea, and I don't know what any of that means. Welcome to set condition one, a Battlestar Galactica fan cast. Each week, we revisit, and I watch for the first time, the 2004 sci-fi series Battlestar Galactica. Whether you're the commander of a soon-to-be decommissioned battleship, or unexpectedly promoted to president of the 12 colonies, join us as we make our way through the Battlestar Galactica universe, one episode at a time. I still don't know what you're talking about. Set Condition 1, a Night Shift Radio production. New episodes every week at setcondition one throughout the podcast.com. Now that I understand.
not to change too much Pictures in the frames without me Startled at the slightest touch I promise not to change You're still listening to the left of the dial. Bet you didn't see that coming. <laughs> I, I am your host, still the unanticipated Caleb Coy. Uh, and of course, still with me is my excellent, fantastic, fabulous co-host, Andrea. That's me. Hello. I'm still here. I almost said wonderful, which you are, but I used that one for Kitsy like five times uh... earlier, and I feel like that would have been like... Overuse? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and it would cheapen it, you know? We're, we're, yep. Kitsy and I are different people. We're our own people. Yep. So you're very different people, and I love that. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. <laughs> Wait, huh? you're not Kitsy? <laughs> Where am I? Who are what you? is this? <laughs> oh, this episode is fun. I like this. <laughs> I'm not saying I want Kitsy to go away more. I just like having you around. Yeah, this is, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> And of course, we are still talking about uh, the brand new-ish EP, uh, An Anthropologist on Mars by Justin Courtney Pierre. Uh, and coming back in from the, the break, you just heard uh, track four, because we're going in order and that's how tracks work, uh, called Promise Not to Change. Uh, and Andrea, before we get into thoughts about the, the making of this record, uh, what, what do you think about this song in particular? I'm, I've been trying to piece together, I know you said we'll talk about the making after, and this isn't really about the making of the album, but I've been trying to find like a through line through these mm-hmm. songs a little bit, and this one feels the least uh, connected to the story I've been telling myself about these five songs. Interesting. Uh, just like lyrically anyway. Um, and I think, I don't know, something about this one feels also like the biggest departure um, yeah, for me, from what I'm used to, from and this isn't Justin's first solo effort either. Um, he does mm-hmm. have a couple full lengths before this one, so even from those, I think something about this one feels different. And I'm not sure what that is for me. But uh, 2018's in the drink for anyone who is curious and wants to go back and check that there out. There you go. Um, yeah, I think musically there is a like not a huge departure, but a noticeable difference in the the style of, of writing on this. Uh, and part of that is just this like big rip in solo that comes about <laughs> halfway through, which is always fun. Um, but it does something it does something really interesting with the the choruses uh, where like this. Um, Chord progressions tend to have like fairly straightforward, but a decent amount of movement to them. Um, but the the chorus does this thing where it's like do 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 and stays on one note for a while, and it just like it kind of like it's just enough where like it makes me want more. And when the next next like progression through hits, I'm like yeah, there it is. It it creates a need in me. Yeah, there's like a, a like kind of tension that builds there. You're right. Yes. Thank you for being able to explain again what that is. And it's funny because, right, a song called Promise Not to Change, and one of the mm-hmm. things that stands out most is this like uh, sticking The chord's on, not like, changing. Yeah. Not too much anyway. It's it's so good. Um, I, like, and again, the the... 
heartbreaking and like, I guess the, the heartbreak in individual lines on this. I mean, it starts with the line, can't shake the thought you'd erase me. Maybe the distance has helped me understand lessons in conflict avoidance. Like, oh, he's Justin. I would hug you if I could. (laughs) Who hurt you? Uh, you? Many people, it seems, but um, Mm. it's funny that that, that song hold me down. And I, I, told myself going into this I wasn't going to spend a ton of time talking about Motion City because that's not what this is, but here we are again. That song holds me down. Context matters. That's a good point. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and so now I feel justified in saying this feels almost like that That first verse anyway, a response to that um, particular song, which is about um, two people, well, one person moving on from another because they're kind of holding them back, and this idea, mm-hmm. um, the maybe the distance has helped me understand lessons in conflict avoidance of this, like, what time and space from somebody else kind of can uh, uh, do and help you realize. I mean, one of my all-time favorite songs, uh, specifically for uh, the, this one line, was uh, Motion City's favorite accident, um, where it says, you hit the road and left me an ocean. I can't swim in the silence of your skin. Please let me in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, this is Has the, anyone seen my heart because it's been ripped out? This is the crying portion of the podcast. <laughs> oof. So uh, I, I am I'm dying to hear uh, more about uh, what you've uncovered about the, the creation of this uh, EP. The the one thing that I want to call attention to uh, is how it almost didn't happen at all uh, because Justin almost died. Yeah. Um, so they, they had gotten back together, Motion City Soundtrack had gotten back together and done that tour in 2020, uh, and then uh, they, they called it, and, and Justin had been working on you know, this solo stuff, was was getting ready to, to, to put it out, had the, the five tracks done, and then uh, he was just kind of putting in these like crazy long hours, not sleeping enough, and then one day just like passed out in the shower and like just about snapped his spine. Um, and you know, Easy. You know, his his wife found him and got him to the emergency, and you know, they it took a couple months. They were able to get him into surgery, and of course, like obviously, he's he's alive. We're all very grateful for that, and uh, hopefully, he's fully recovered by now. As of the article that I found, which I'll uh, try to remember to link in the the show notes, uh, he was saying that he was about eighty five percent of the way, which you know, eighty five percent of the way recovering from a major spinal trauma uh, in such a short period of time is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, again, Justin, the, the Night Shift Media crew is pulling for you. Yeah. Uh, we're so glad that you're still with us. But that's that's wild. Yeah. And like, you know, EP half done, almost died, and label's like, we should put this EP <laughs> out. <laughs> Let's just do it. Because it sounds like you're not going to be finishing this first anytime soon. And we were really planning on having something out. So maybe you just, I'm sure, I'm sure they were more, more uh, thoughtful than that, but. But yeah, would like to think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very, very thankful that he's okay and 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 with us. Um, God, yeah. Well, and uh, you know, perhaps you can uh, shed a little uh, additional illumination on the the process of putting this together. Uh, I did it again because the, <laughs> the last track on the, the EP uh, is called Illumination. It is, in fact, called Illumination. You really that one? I should anticipate it. Like I should, but you know what? You are. But I'm unanticipated. <laughs> That's 
used to be cool. I used to be very cool. Save for the acid wash. No regrets, not a one. Then everything changed. My face has been rearranged. I don't look like anyone. At least not like that. I actually don't have a ton of information, to be perfectly honest, on the, the making of it, other than knowing that it was intended to be a full length. Um, and that unless by some strange coincidence, these five songs were intended to be the first five, there's no, you know, I don't have a full cohesive idea. Um, and not that every album has to tell a story, et cetera, et cetera. But there are songs on this EP that feel to me um, pretty connected. Um, Anyway, so dying to know specifically to jump back to the beginning, um, and maybe this is me reading too much between the lines because I found something to connect with in it, and I want that to be what this is. But this is um, 
Justin and or the, like, Justin character that's being inhabited, right? I, I can't say mm-hmm. for sure that this is 100% nonfiction, though knowing his songwriting style in general, I'm sure that it that this is a personal account of something. Um, but he's found some information out about his father, right, from his mother? <laughs> oh, possibly. <laughs> um, one day, a word with my mother, questions and answers, and suddenly I find the mystery is mine. I'm struggling to breathe from disarranging me. Drown out the fathers of fiction with electric guitars. I'm just dying to know who you are. It feels <sighs> to me, searching for signs of another one day, a mug shot and everything implodes. Um, mm-hmm. And there's another line, though I'm just dying to know who you are, obviously. Um, yeah. Now everything is wrong. Where do I belong? I'm not quite in my body. I'm feeling a lot like an anthropologist on Mars. Um, Which is a great line. It's <laughs> such a great line. It's also um, an anthropologist on Mars is a reference to a book by Oliver Sacks, who's a famous. Okay. Yeah. So he wrote that book um, that more people probably know, the man who mistook his wife for a hat, and he mm. um, he yeah. works with a lot of people with different kind of like neurological diseases and weird traumas and stuff like that. And an anthropologist on Mars is a line he took from um, Temple Grandin, who is. Um, she's famous for being, basically for being a really, um, she's autistic or she's a woman with autism who, um, is famous for some, like, breakthrough, I should know more, but there's the, there's a movie about her, um, and, Mm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. she's, I keep wanting to say it's like, she's got, like, livestock equipment or something, I should know, I should have looked this up, um, she, her double rail, there we go, conveyor system for bringing cattle calmly to the slaughterhouse is used to handle half the cattle in America. Um, Jeez. Yeah, so she's, she's really brilliant and <laughs> has apparently improved the uh, slaughterhouse business, which now I'm thinking about it is kind of a bummer, but she is. <laughs> <laughs> um, that line is how she talks about uh, interacting with other people that sometimes mm-hmm. she feels like an anthropologist on Mars because she feels so different. And coming from Justin knowing his other music and the way he interacts with people or has kind of like framed himself interacting with people, that that makes sense that he would connect with that. And then also, like, if you find out your own history is not what you thought it was, if, for example, he's found out his, I don't know, father is not, and again, me, I'm like, reaching here but whatever it is to me it seems like there's some kind of major life shift there and so then like having to pull back and look at your own life story as one that doesn't feel like your own um and then that feeds to me anyway right into dying to know or not dying to know um what were we just talking about elimination okay i meant the one before that then (laughs) damn it (laughs) oh the one uh the one before was uh promise not to change oh where's the one where he talks about family like tree branches Oh, follow in your footsteps, yes. Yeah. Follow in your yeah. footsteps. Um, if you think about that track as being a sort of like family history kind of one. Mm-hmm. Um, if I search for every answer, there's a chance I'll never know. Either way, I'm forced to follow in your footsteps now. I'm tearing all the branches out. It's like a fam. I don't know. It's like a family tree thing is how I'm reading that, but I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. Yeah. There's also something profoundly deep about the line, an anthropologist on Mars. If you think about what an anthropologist's role is to like study and understand the history of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as far as we know, there are no people on Mars. <laughs> so as someone uh, who has devoted their entire life and professional career, like their, all of their energy into essentially a study of nothing. <laughs> 
That's a good point. <laughs> that is too. That is a profoundly sad thing. Or like you know, you're you're an anthropologist, like you're you know, you have the this expertise in this field, but then you go to study in a place where there's there like you're digging and digging and digging and finding nothing. And nothing and so separate yeah. from that's yeah. <laughs> That's a, like I said, it's, it's profoundly deep. There's a lot of stuff going on in just those those few words. Yeah, there's a huh. there's a great quote from Justin in this article um, where he says, uh, "I love sad stuff. I love it so much more than happy stuff. It's weird to be happy-ish and write sad things. I found beauty in the sadness that I found overwhelming when I was older, or sorry, when I was younger. So like this, you know, the, the it, it sounds like." Maybe before and probably during the Motion City days, when he was writing all these things that we we were talking about, how like you he puts it right out there on display, and it's it's very heartbreaking and, and gut wrenching. Uh, and you know, whereas before it like kind of almost like overwhelmed and controlled him, like now he's learned to like appreciate that, which is something that I I, I feel like I can relate to. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's just that's a really really great quote, and I feel like you know take nothing else away from. Uh, either this interview or this record, it's that idea. Like, you, there, there can be beauty in that because it, it's part of life. Yeah. It's funny. I read um, in a review um, about this album where the person seemed to think that Motion City's music was very happy and they described it as upbeat and musically sure. And I think that mm-hmm. that's probably what maybe tricked this reviewer into thinking that then the subject matter always was. Um, because I think what I like so much about Justin's music is how upbeat and and like uh, vibrant it can be while still talking about really sad things in really beautiful yes. ways. And and I, the fact that that reviewer kind of missed that and said that like this this album specifically um, is more like sad and matured compared to Motion City stuff. And I think that that's like not hmm. the most accurate reading of either. Um, no, but I, I do think that this is a more maybe like measured um, view of the things that he's talking about than yeah. And maybe that's part of it that it feels a little more. I don't like mature when we talk about music because it's not that like the other music that he's done is like is not like uh, thoughtful and sophisticated and all of that, but there's just a different kind of perspective a little bit. Yeah, that I can see. It's not that it was immature before; it's that like there is you know a, a new way of looking at things that often comes with with age or even just time. Yeah. Um, he goes on to say, like, when I was younger, I had all these feelings, and I just had to share them with people whether they wanted to hear them or not. And I didn't think to censor myself. It never occurred to me. Handfuls of people over the years have given me far too much credit for being so open about things. But the truth is, no matter uh, the truth of the matter is, I never thought not to be. And I love that. I like that idea. It's just like it just just put it right out there because, like, why wouldn't I? Yeah. Like, I'm working through these things. I have the, these thoughts, these feelings, these emotions. Like, I'm a musician. I'm creative. I'm just gonna boom right there. Uh, and I think about his journey, uh, and, you know, specifically the way he talks about, you know, like I I found beauty in the things that overwhelmed me when I was younger. Uh, I think about it in terms of, uh, the movie Inside Out, um, and learning how, you know, your sadness is a part of you and it's like, and learning to, to embrace that Mm -hmm. and find 
like, you know, find beauty in it and find ways to learn from it. Um, that movie wrecked me. By oh, the way. yeah. No. But yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, as soon as we were done, Ellen turned to me and she's like, I understand you now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. This is why art matters. Art matters so much. <laughs> uh, like, that, like, it's... It's so amazing, whether it be film or visual art of some sort or music, which tends to be you know, more my outlet and I think probably more yours as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so amazing to be able to hear and see yourself in those, even if it's you know not exact. And obviously everyone is having their own experiences and expressing, but like sometimes just gravitating to one line, like even totally out of context, but that one line means so much to you in, in your experience and, yeah. you know. Like Justin does that for me, and I, I think that that's amazing. You know what is? I'm so excited to have somewhere to talk about this. This is why I, I agreed to start a second edition one podcast with y'all, so that a year later I could come on this podcast um, and talk about <laughs> this um, song that I'm pulling up right now. And it's um, um, that that quote about like not. It, it even occurring to him to not hold back a little bit and then thinking about how you open this episode talking about Motion City with this like barely contained sort of manic energy like everything yes. like even his hair even the way the rest of the band plays yes. like everything is just always 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 spilling over um, and I, I do love that and it is something that as like a person with all of every feeling happening all at once all the time is really able to connect with and then but then at the same time the fact that he has sort of, it sounds like, figured out how to be a little more thoughtful about that, I think, is um, worthwhile to think about. <clears throat> and then, but then to go back to, or to go forward, I guess, because I just went back um, to what you <laughs> said about his lyrics being the kind where he puts, he's so able to put into words, right? There are so many lines and so many songs that he's written where I'm like, yes, that's me. Mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. in uh, one of my favorite Motion City songs, Let's Get Fucked Up and Die. Um, yeah, <laughs> he has a line that's it's so good. I want to thank you for being uh, part of my forget-me-nots and marigolds and other things that don't get old. Is it legal to do this? I surely don't know. It's the only way I have learned to express myself through other people's descriptions of life. Um, and mm. that has always, mm. uh, it's so good. And the fact that, like, <laughs> the only way I have learned to express myself is through somebody else's descriptions of life who says the only yep. way he's learned. Um, but what's, I think, so perfectly... It's such a good, this is like if somebody wanted an example of what Motion City does, this is the thing I would point to because the lines before that, the forget-me-nots and marigolds and other things that don't get old, um, are from a Promise Ring song. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, forget I knew me. I recognized it. I was trying to, to remember yep. where. Um, where oh. forget-me-nots and marigolds and other things that don't get old. And then the line that follows that is, is it legal to do this? I surely don't know. <laughs> Like, I mean, ask ask Brian Fallon. Like, <laughs> if it's like, <laughs> yeah, you can uh, say anybody's lyrics about anything apparently in your own songs, and it's it's fine. I think. Um, yeah, it's an illusion yeah. with an A, and it's fine. It's, um, exactly. And fair use. Exactly. Fair use. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, it's. I just. I love. I just. Yeah. All of that so much. I'm. I'm. That's all. <laughs> well, and it, it kind of makes me think about um, a long time ago, somebody said to me, uh, and I, I don't know that I ever figured out if this was meant to be a criticism or a compliment <laughs> or neither, um, but they said, I, I've learned something about you. You live your life on paper. And like that, it was, a, I, I think, a, a statement about how um, 
I, I've always expressed myself best when just taking the time and just writing it out, whether it be just a mm-hmm. you know, total word vomit or whether it be like thoughtfully writing and creating something to, to actually put out into the universe. And I think that that's also a part of why uh, I appreciate so much seeing myself in the creations yeah. of others because like you know, that that resonates with me because I wouldn't know how to express that exact sentiment but you did it flawlessly. Yeah. I'm going to borrow this now. <laughs> this is mine. And actually, this is, mine. this is about me now is the thing. <laughs> yeah. As somebody, it's being a podcast host has been a real learning experience for somebody like me who is not good at thinking before I speak. And is somebody, <laughs> which I mention on every podcast I think that we've ever done at least once who has ADHD. Um it is very hard for me to speak off the cuff because I think most people can sort of edit and course correct in their brain as they're going, and that doesn't work for me. So seeing things written down, I have the same kind of um, way of thinking yeah. through and figuring things out. And so to see somebody whose songwriting is so like um, thoughtful and I keep wanting to say considerate, but I don't mean cons- considered, I guess, is maybe mm, what, yes. I, what I want to say. See, this is what's happening now. <laughs> Y'all are seeing <laughs> I it. I love it. You're hearing it in, in post real time. Um, I love it. But, uh, I love it. But yeah, so I, yeah, I feel that. I don't know. And I, I think that's so much of why music is considered to be like a universal language because it like it does find ways into maybe not everyone's heart. I've known people who just straight up don't like music. That's weird to me, but you know what? Whatever. Like, that's your life. That's Stand fine. Stand in but your like, weird truth, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I think most of us, like, feel a connection somewhere. Like, you know, maybe not always a, a shared genre or a shared, like, aspect of music, but I think most of us feel some sort of shared connection to that. Um, we did have uh, one more track that we wanted to talk about before we uh, we close out today. Um but before we do that, should we we should probably plug some stuff, shouldn't we? What what haven't yeah. we plugged in a while? We're Kitsy and I aren't always so good about remembering things. We, we, do we have a we have a live coming up, right? Yeah, we, yeah, we have what I'm so so excited about. On, it's gonna be real good. It's gonna be so good. Um, June twelfth at eight p.m. Our first left of the dial live double header um, yes. with a set first from New Jersey legend. Um, I almost said love of my life, which isn't, but you know what? He can be the love of my <laughs> yeah. life today. Mikey Erg um, is playing a solo set. Well, he's playing a set of his solo music, but with a full band, which is going to be very nice. exciting. Um, and then directly after that, you'll want to stick around because then Mikey's going to get behind the drums and we're going to have a set from Early Riser, who your listeners should know very well from their um, yeah. episode. Actually, right, what? It was right after Mikey's episode, right? Yeah, so we we had both of them on very uh, very close together uh, not that long mm-hmm. ago. Uh, all just absolutely fantastic guests, wonderful people, yeah. wonderful musicians, uh, like really insightful. And you know, I I can't wait. I, I've never seen either uh, Early Riser or Mikey play any uh, live set. I mean, I've probably seen Mikey at some point, uh, but not, <laughs> not, in his, not in his solo stuff. Just He's been in every band, exactly. so I have to have seen him at some point. Uh, but I've never seen him play his solo stuff. I've never seen Early Riser perform, so I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, so if you haven't already, you should head on over to leftofthedial.live uh, to go to our, our YouTube channel and subscribe mm-hmm. uh, so you don't uh, don't miss the announcement about the, the upcoming live performance. And while you're there, uh, check out the other videos. We've had some wonderful uh, 
shows recently with Kaylee Goldsworthy and Hit Like a Girl and uh, Long Neck and um, Riverby and just just fantastic performances. Mm-hmm. And we're we're so happy to be you know to be seeing live music come back and to be a part of that. You know that's been you know, a, a dream of ours ever since you know we started this podcast. And you know for, for Kitsies even longer is like to really just be a, a part of you know, getting music in front of you and like giving you a chance to hear something you might not have heard before. So definitely check it out. And, uh, with that, let's, uh, let's get back into this. You, you, so you teased earlier, we, we talked about all of an anthropologist on Mars, Mm -hmm. but, uh, just very, very recently, uh, within, I think maybe the last month or so, uh, Justin released a new track. Yeah, I think, yeah, this May 24th, not that that really matters, but Firehawk, um, mm-hmm. off his upcoming another EP. And now that I say that, I wonder if this is the second half of what would have been that full-length record. I don't, or a full-length I gotta album. I got to imagine that's, that's probably going to be the case. I mean, right. like, production stopped entirely because of the injury, and then, you know, he's feeling better, so probably back in the studio making making new music or finishing up stuff that was started. Uh, but what a difference. Yeah. Like, if the if the anthropologist on Mars stuff was a, a bit of a, a maturation and a bit of a departure from Motion City soundtrack, this is almost a completely different direction. Yeah, I love this song. It's not, um, yeah, it doesn't sound really other than having that ear for melody that I think is like one of mm-hmm. my favorite things about his music is just that it's fun to sing along to, like no matter what yes. what he's doing, and and this song especially. Um, too true is like that is like the thing that kind of jumped out for me before the lyrics or anything else um i'm really excited to hear the batch of songs that goes along with this one yeah and it looks like if uh if you know we we know uh, my my favorite website ever uh, genius.com <laughs> uh if it's to be believed then uh roughly july 9th the uh, the price of salt ep should be dropping uh and of course you know keep your eyes and ears open for that but it looks like it's going to be another five track ep so uh four more songs on the way that's exciting um and i i wonder if they're going to be like this this is just like this huge rock song mm-hmm. with it, like like kind of growly guitars and yeah. big like ear splitting um, feedback moments, and it's just like it feels like almost like he he came back with a a little bit of angst after you know the the tour ended and uh, he got injured and then COVID and, and like life just fell apart for everyone and now he's back like fuck this we're gonna make some rock uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> that's that's what it feels like to me I I. <laughs> I love that. I hope that that is actually the the case because that that's exactly now that's super interesting because I wonder if this was intended to be or if these songs were what they would have sounded like because it's possible, right? The lyrics and you know some parts of the songs are the same, and that just the the actual instrumentation and stuff is what's changed. Um, something I haven't referenced in a while. <laughs> Uh, but I'm gonna because it's appropriate here. Uh, you know, showing showing restraint. Uh, the riff on this, the, the like big rock, like kind of driving riff, uh, reminds me a lot of some of uh, Jimmy Eat World's heavier stuff. Huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my my actual your second. Band. Oh, I mean, actual <laughs> favorite band. Uh, so fans of uh, a lot of their stuff would probably also be really into this. I mean, you probably might you. Know, 
probably might be anyway. Uh, very non-committal <laughs> statement. <laughs> probably might. <laughs> you you yep, maybe yep. could be. Probably might instead <laughs> you, of probably you might right. could. You get it? You probably <laughs> might. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, oh yes, excellent. Uh, but yeah, there's like, um, I was thinking of, um, get right. Um, it's you know like that's a a slower dronier song, but it's a very similar energy to it. Do 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 do. Um. So yeah, I. I, I I think y'all should check this track out. And, uh, of course, if you listen through the end of the podcast, you will. In fact, there's <laughs> something, and it's been driving me crazy, but that um, the melody in, in the, at the like, first couple of lines of each verse, that, like, um, yeah, the, the Hail to the Thieves of Wasted Opportunities part, and then tied to the rest of Endless Possibilities, it's got this sing-songy, it's like, da-da-da-da, mm-hmm. and I can't place what it it like it almost feels like an intentional reference to something but it's been stuck in my head and this like weird little earworm that I can't quite place so if any of your listeners know what I'm talking about when they listen to this song I would love for them to tweet at um left of the dial pc I did it yeah there it is the pc stands for Stop. podcast <laughs> that's right but but yeah that's been just itching my brain but it's so fun and it this song moves and like 10 different directions, but to me, it doesn't feel that it's, like, it feels cohesive. Like, all those parts work together for me. I don't know if that's... Well, and the just that note that he hits on, I'd rather be nowhere but here, mm-hmm. is like, he all is, right! Yep. <laughs> oh, big rock moment. I, I'm, I'm loving it. I also love the... Uh, so the cover art for An Anthropologist on Mars feels... Um, a lot like kind of a, a mid two thousands mm-hmm. indie thing. Like it gives me vibes of like, you know, Motion City soundtrack or even like um I feel like I'm thinking of like maybe Limbacker. Like there's mm-hmm. there's another record from this era that like the the font and like the way it's kind of uh transparent over the the sunset and everything, like it gives me that sort of vibe. A little bit uh of that. that. But then the the cover art for Price of Salt uh looks like either like an old painting you'd see in like an antique store or like <laughs> an old old paperback novel that you you stumble across uh it's just got the this like aged watercolor sort of feel to it uh and it's it's neat it's different it's weird it's like very different. i would almost expect this to be either like a like 70s folk or uh-huh. like a like a metal yeah 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 record. <laughs> And I wonder if that was intentional, if, if we're going to be able to expect more like these huge rock songs and that's kind of what he was going for or if it just it was coincidental. kind of came together that way. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Again, I, I, you know, like I said, lyrics are, are the thing that I should do here. There is a line in this song that stopped me in my tracks and I'm not like a maternal person. I have no desire for children, but I think he <laughs> describes his daughter as his junior heart. If there's oh, a chance maybe. for my junior heart, she'll have a better start. Um, is It's a strange parasite of loss devouring the night. It feeds on a dream of what never can be. If there's a chance for my junior heart, she'll have a better start. And it goes on. And the idea of referring to his child, I think that's what that is. I could be wrong. Um, as his junior heart is the sweetest, most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my yeah. life. I just... And I, I bet it is. Because I know... Um... 
I won't read any more of it to people. I'll let people read it themselves. I'll link it in the show notes. But the the article that I have talked about a couple of times, he does talk about uh, what life with a five year old is like, uh, and it seems to be seems to be an experience that he's enjoying and learning from. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's pretty neat. His Instagram, if you're um, interested in behind the scenes sort of uh, stuff of what it's like. Um, for the person who who writes these songs, his Instagram is a lot of fun because he's very. You get a lot of fun little stories about about his kid and and nice. I think the day that he had that accident, um, probably his uh, least favorite accident, don't you think? Um, yes. Is uh, <laughs> 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 you're still trying to decide? That was almost a boo. <laughs> That's very good humor, though. <laughs> but um, you could you could. Put that in a freezer and sell it. That's such good humor. <laughs> oh, good. Also very good. Um, Caleb, this is just for you because nobody else is going to, but I've. it's in the back of my head now talking about these big sort of songs. And I don't know if you um, um, followed Motion City enough, like into their later albums for My Dinosaur Life. Um, but there's a track on that album uh, called Disappear. Okay. That if if you like this one, you might be into that one's a big, it's a big, feels like a departure for me um, of their stuff that you might want to check out. Maybe I will leave this part in. Y'all, if you like Firehawk, then check out, <laughs> for fans of Firehawk, uh, we recommend Disappear for My Dinosaur Life. We'll have to do a... Uh, uh the that TikTok format, We're like if you like, try. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let fight hear you say that. We'll be, we'll be TikToks all day for us. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I think every album has, of theirs has been genuinely great. So if you're looking for old new music, it's a while away yeah. the time. I I say give those those last few albums of theirs a revisit or not a revisit, a visit because they're great. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we should go ahead and uh, hear Firehawk oh, yeah. from the upcoming EP, uh, The Price of Salt by Justin Courtney Pierre. And uh, Andrea, this has been great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Kitsy, right. um, don't come back or come back. I don't care. I don't have anything yeah. to do on a Sunday. <laughs> Excellent. Kitsy, come back. We miss you. Kitsy, Kitsy come, come back. back. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so uh, this has been Left of the Dial. Andrea has been Kitsy, and I have been Coy, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
informs that you've been so long.